All right. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Banquet Hall podcast. Uh, I am blessed to be joined with the man, the myth, the legend himself, GJ the God. How are you doing today, my brother? I'm all right, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Um, looking forward to our conversation. I was really excited when you approached me about the podcast and being willing to being on the podcast, uh, just because I know, especially the folks that attend Black Expression, they hear you say a few poems, they see you with the camera, and I definitely want to make sure that you have an opportunity to get your story out here on the on the podcast as well. So I want to go ahead and jump right in with our random icebreaker question to start the podcast off. But first, want to make sure for any new listeners to the pod, make sure y'all follow the pod at banquet hall pod like subscribe and check out some other episodes after we're done with gj uh but gj this is going to be the last episode of 2023 of the banquet hall podcast so my icebreaker question for you is if you could relive one day this year what day would you choose to relive and why take your time <clears throat> Damn. I guess you could look at that a positive way or a negative way. Um Hey, give me both if you want. Uh so I mean shit. I don't know if I wanted to read if there's any days I would like want to relive because I think every day has its purpose. Because mm. um, I'm like I'd like learn not to live with regret. So like reliving the day would mean there would be something regrettable or something that I didn't fully enjoy in the moment. Um, well, but, I guess the way I looked at it, though, is if you could, like, let's say replay the day, and you, whether you get to be, like, an observer of the day, like, it was a really good day, and you just want to see that day again, not necessarily doing something different, but just, okay. like, a day that would be dope to see again. Day that's dope to see again. Well, if that's the, if that's the case, then if it was dope and I could see it again, it would probably be the birth of Zula, because that, mm. that was amazing. Monet did amazing. That shit was <laughs> amazing and i have two other children so i can say that from someone who's seen two other children be born and then i've seen other children be born but um even the people that were like helping her you know what i'm saying they was um they was like yo she's like she, she didn't get no epidural she didn't do none of that shit she was like yeah straight up so she went through it and she was laughing very like involved so yeah we live in that sitting back and just observing that because for me it's like people you know they always try to think some dudes do get emotional when babies are born and i ain't queasy like that because you know everybody has their own experiences and i'm just like blood doesn't throw me off i'm kind of like you know this is how we gotta handle shit you know i grew up my dad made me hold hold roaches some people's like that's wild me and my brother had to hold roaches as kids so for me it's like you got to kind of deal with shit, even if you don't like it. And it's like, the baby wasn't like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. No, I, that's life. So that was, if I could relive that, that would be a moment because just how she handled that, the whole process, like some somebody who hasn't ever done something like that before, we went through our whole process of like trying to prepare for it. But being in the moment of something happening, like, you know, motherfucker, he's like, you know, everybody got a plan until they get hit in the face. And you know what I'm saying? And that's a thing. So for her to handle it and, you know, it not to be any real complications outside of like the environment and the people, you know what I'm saying? Making things more difficult than they should have been, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, capitalism, colonialism, yada, yada, yada. And 
just the experience and just seeing her like be, become a mother, seeing her, you know, get there, push through the process. That's like something I would like. Like I gained a whole nother level of like love and respect for that day. Just, you know, like I think anybody who has children with someone who has a, you know, uh, who has children with a woman or how people want to perceive it, that shit will change. I mean, at least for me, for at least I, that makes me see a difference. It's just like that takes mm. a lot to do. It's a whole different experience. It's a whole different, like you're not going to be the same no more. You just had a life come through you. So, um, yeah, for me, that was that was deep. That was, and just how she handled it, I guess for me. So, because that was like, really like, I was like, yo, and then she, after she was good, cool. And then, you know, we get out of there after we dealing with all the bullshit and she's not even like, you know, you need six weeks to do something. Bruh. Superstar. He was up like I'm like, yo, chill out. And then I was like, I can't like tell you what to do either because I'm not trying to limit your capacity, but also I'm not gonna let you do no wild shit. So yeah. overall, <laughs> she's obviously good. You know what I'm saying? But uh that was um that was something that if I could relive that and just observe it. Yeah. Some some excellent answer and uh, a lot of folks listening to this might have already tapped in with Monet's episode of the podcast. Definitely tap in to hear more of her story. She talks about being a mom on that pod as well. Uh, but definitely a great answer. Before I give my answer to this question, though, I have to ask this question for the purposes of our listeners. Roaches? Your father was making y'all whole roaches? What was that about? Bro, I mean, to be honest, I think we all got these experiences. So, um Damn, that was wild. Um, but in 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 regards to like holding roaches, it was like because the, we you know we lived in Louisiana, I'm not from Louisiana, but we lived there at a particular stage in our life. And you know, I learned the difference between water bugs and roaches. And sometimes infestations has nothing to do with being dirty. Sometimes somebody's dirty next to you. Sometimes you're like your foundation is bad. A lot of places where I lived, they had their houses on bricks and shit because they was trying to like not. Mm. So roaches, because we would be, we're boys. And you see roaches, oh shit, oh, so stop being a, stop being a bitch. This is, I, this is how I was raised, stop being a bitch, stop acting like a bitch. So he was like, grab the roach, pick the roach up, hold it, squeeze it, fill the juices. Oh my God. I'm going to show this shit to my brother because you know, man, this shit is funny as hell because we both was there and his reaction was not the same as mine. That doesn't change anything outside of the fact that's something that we had to do because it was like, as I look at it now, I always try to like, some people say it's dis dis dismissive, but I'm not, I don't like to look at it like that as much as it's like a, a right to passage and also like a reverse psychology, depending on how you got to use it, you got to use so you can move forward. But overall, this motherfucker has having roaches because he wants us to stop being scared of killing them. So when they can see have seen me kill roaches with my bare hands to this day like like i'm not playing none of that i will literally fucking smack a fly like this or do this you know what i'm saying so <laughs> so uh, gj like, the exterminator um... <laughs> <laughs> gotta start your own exterminator business gj the exterminator um <laughs> but if i can answer the icebreaker question real quick I feel bad that I don't have it. Well, I do. I had a deeper answer. Like you had a birth of your daughter. I was going to pick the Laker game I went to for my birthday. 
I mean, I've never I've been to a Lakers game here. It was a preseason game and Kobe was not playing and that was upsetting. So going to a Lakers game is dope. I'm not gonna like I've never I would love to go to a Lakers game, but even you remember we had the conversation about like what was your uh bucket list and I was like a game seven finals? Lakers closeout game? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's like why the fuck not? That's like, man. But for my uh for my birthday, my best friend and I uh, we went to game three Lakers-Grizzlies when uh, the Lakers demolished the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks got kicked out. And we were sitting like four rows up from the court. So when Dylan Brooks got kicked out, he was no further than my computer screen is to me right now. Like, I was like, man, I could really say some like really mean-spirited stuff to him right now, but I'm not trying to get kicked out of this game. Uh, so that was definitely... That's the one I ended up choosing. Runner up is somebody, some people are going to look at me sideways for this. Runner up is graduating with my MBA. But number one is definitely that Laker game. Like, mainly because the graduation is just a ceremony. I completed the degree last year. The Laker game, I'm going to remember that Laker game more than I'm going to remember my graduation. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, shit, you had to put in a lot of fucking time for this fucking piece of paper. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's not to disregard your piece of paper. but I Oh, not at all. It, Lakers game. I'm telling you right now, if I go to a Lakers game, jump out of plane, go to an Eagles game, yeah, that's gonna like that's not gonna that's gonna it's gonna be a lot that's gonna be better than a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's the simple things. It's the simple things. But let's go ahead and get into more of the formal questions of the podcast. Uh the first question I usually start off with my guests. Uh GJ, where are you from and how did that shape who you have become and are in the process of becoming? So yeah, I was originally uh yeah, I was born in Los Angeles, California, Los Angeles, California. But um we moved to like Shreveport, Louisiana, and I was like twelve, probably like ten. It's sometimes kinda hard to know. Cause, you know, I don't know the time or the years we left, but I remember like the ages it felt like. So but being from LA and my dad like being a music producer. And like just experiencing that environment because I just was raised like I had I was I experienced a lot of different things. Some people would be like, oh, people may have seen a picture with me like with Snoop Dogg as a kid. We was in like Chino Hills. My dad like did um stuff for Death Row. Like he played keys for Death Row. Some people were like, Oh, that's crazy. I mean, it's just what that was just what I experienced as a child. So imagine like right. a child experiencing something totally different, whether it be riches, poor. Or whatever circumstance, and then people's like, "Oh, that's dope." How many other? My dad played with um, LL Cool J. Charlie Wilson is like people say Uncle Charlie. He was like my real uncle. And there's a YouTube video. There's a YouTube video you can go find of me as a child talking to this motherfucker when I was in Shreveport, Louisiana. That shit is the most. Wow. Every time I, it's like depressing because like what I was going through as a child, it's hard to like. We always talk about emotional and mental things and like things that people can't even recognize because they got their own shit going on and they may not be able to think shit. They may think shit is all good. So, you know what I'm saying? Because people got cues and, you know, as a child, you're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do because we're trained. But outside of all that, I was born in LA. We moved to Louisiana and I feel like the experience and like being from LA and moving to Louisiana was a great experience because being from Los Angeles, I was like used to something even though I had not this whole experience, I just knew that it wasn't like living in Louisiana because Louisiana is not the same. It's a total 
total different environment and moving to the South and being like perceived a whole different way. Like, oh, you think you're better. You never said that shit. Oh, you think you're white. What the fuck are you talking about? So that helps. I had these um, these experiences where it almost made me like an outcast, but not in the sense like I was forced to. Like I like was trying to be something other than I was perceived a certain type of way. So I never really had to, I always had this in the essence of how my, how I grew up and where I was raising me shaped me is more so it kind of made me always like realize I had to be observant of my surroundings and always kind of be aware of the people I interact with because, you know, I can't control how what people may perceive me to be. I may not even be doing nothing, but people are going to be like, where are you from? What are you doing? And I like, I understand that from being from LA. That's not like something different outside of the fact that, oh, you talk different mm-hmm. you this way because you, you're talking white and I'm not talking white, bro. I'm just talking proper. But I didn't have that. I didn't know how to articulate that as a child. And that shit wouldn't matter. Them niggas would have still tried to fight me. You know what I'm saying? So um, overall, just those experiences allowed me to like understand just to be observant of my surroundings. And you know what I'm saying? You can't trust everybody. You don't can't, You can't be gullible. So I was like, it made me very, um, what's the word? Aware, obviously. But the word I've been trying to like, I've been saying that shit for the last three or four days, but um, we'll get. So give me like two seconds while we're here. That's not gonna take that long. Discernment. Uh-huh. I learned. I developed discernment um, through all these experiences, being able to feel energy because I think like abuse and having to like be able to read energy and be able to read situations. That that that's probably like what taught me anything because Louisiana had these experiences that you know if I was in LA I probably would have died uh-huh. I probably would have like not made it just because people shoot people in LA just like they shoot people in San Diego or shoot people with Shreveport or Little Rock and, and everybody gets shot but LA is he's got more niggas than more guns than <laughs> niggas in Shreveport Louisiana you know what I'm saying the niggas probably got better aim probably got better bullets because I've been shot but the niggas wouldn't have, they would have doubled back I'm going to come back and finish the job. You know what I'm saying? So outside of that, just having a different environment and then being able to like experience things and not have to live in a big city because you can live in LA and you know, you can, you can escape something and still get caught up in some bullshit and that be it too. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, overall, it allowed me to develop a level of discernment and awareness and understanding just to kind of always, you know, this life, I mean, still figuring out life, you know, Life ain't a joke. You gotta, you always gotta be aware as much as you can. At least that's my experience. No, that's that's real. And I think I really appreciate surrounding myself with people who do have that level of discernment and not necessarily a lack of comfortability, but you you don't get too comfortable where you got because you want to be aware of who's in a room, what are surroundings about, just to make sure that you're taken care of, but as well as the people that you care about are taken care of. I think that there's a certain level of protection that comes with having that more discernment about your surroundings and about where you're at. And just because I know there's been a lot of people from LA on the podcast, a lot of people from LA listening to podcasts, what part of the city are you from? Because some people say Los Angeles, they mean San Fernando Valley, which I know you're not talking about. (laughs) So it was, I mean, I I had this conversation with somebody the other day and I was like, Compton, Studio City, goddamn uh, South Central. Now I'm a child. I don't control where my father moved. I don't control where we stayed. These are areas that I recall staying. Um, where are you from, nigga? That's not important. 
because nigga, you worry about the wrong shit. Not you, but anybody who got caught, because that's not important. Like, is that good? That's not going to change the fact that that doesn't matter either. But Compton, South Central, Studio City, um, Inglewood, but mostly like Studio City, Ingle, like not even mostly Studio City. Studio City was like the last place we did before we left LA to Louisiana. And like, I know we stayed in South Central, Compton, and Inglewood. Inglewood was probably where we were for a large portion before Studio City, and then we headed to uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And that's what I remember. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean, like, I know we lived in Lancaster for, like, maybe a season because I saw snow, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because, you know, it don't snow in California. But other than that, I was, like, 10. I don't remember shit. I just, I, I remember ass whoopings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I remember ass whooping, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, uh yeah, those that's what I remember specifically. Outside of that, like I know the difference between the valley. Now nah, we didn't live in we lived in LA because yeah. so he's he has to be where there is no studios that niggas want to go to in the valley. So and, even, and niggas gonna, I don't have to attest to that. Niggas who are from LA already know that. So unless they trying to like avoid something, there's a specific, there's specific, yeah, we don't have, you know, we already know. You know what I'm saying? But outside of that, yeah, it was Compton, Inglewood, South Central, Studio City. I feel like Burbank is the valley. I know that's the valley. So, but that's where my brother, my, my younger brother was born. Just because you was born somewhere, my birthday, my birth certificate says Beverly. It says Cedar Sinai. Cedar Sinai was Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. like thirty years ago when I was born. So it's not, it's not considered Beverly Hills no more. But it was Beverly Hills thirty years ago. So, right. Walk us through how you got to San Diego. So went from L.A. to Shreveport, Louisiana. How'd you get down to San Diego? So, um, eventually. Let's see where I'm going to start this, because everywhere, what did Monet say? Every place has a chapter. <laughs> every 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 story has a chapter. Or um, So I'll start where we uh, come back to Louisiana. We come back to um, California from Shreveport, and uh, we moved to Lancaster. Well, it was like, yeah, we just said we moved to Lancaster. We moved to, it was Quartz Hill, actually. It's like this small little gated community inside, mm-hmm. like, Palmdale. Um and it was interesting because from the circumstances that I had came from and the circumstances my father had came from, we had both just got out of like jail. You know, that nigga got out of the feds. I just got out of like juvenile prison um, and juvenile prison in Shreveport, not in Shreveport, but in Louisiana, down in Baton Rouge. But um, ultimately we come back to California, we move in to this place. It was doing going, I guess, during a housing crisis, but ultimately we moved into a place that you know niggas wasn't really paying for. But mm-hmm. um, I meet, I meet, I meet a woman, I meet a girl. We date, you get serious. She joins the military. Um, in the process of me still staying where I was, she goes through you know boot camp and comes back into um, comes back and gets stationed in San Diego. So. I come to San Diego because my partner at that time is, you know, going to get stationed in San Diego. So that's literally the only real reason I'm in San Diego is because who I was with at that time is from San Diego. Now, I came to San Diego because I have an uncle here in San Diego, like weeks before 
she came back to like visit. I didn't even, you know, I was one day here in the in and out like it was, which one is it at? It's in like the one off the five, right mm-hmm. there next, next to the mile of cars. And it was like a parking lot right across the street from the in and out That parking lot used to not have nothing there. You, he took me to drive his car. There. I remember him taking me there when I, when we came back to California and I was like, yeah, I remember coming here when I was when, like weeks before, before you came back. But outside of that, that's the only reason I've been to San Diego. I've been here. She, my daughter's 13. So I've been here almost 14 years. Often wow. Because I, Came back with about 14 years. 14 years, wow. Um, before we get into your life as an artist and creative, as I was preparing for this podcast, I realized you're the first father to be on the Banquet Hall podcast. I haven't had anyone who is a father on the podcast. So I wanted to make sure to just give you an opportunity to talk about like what has fatherhood taught you? Yeah, um, I think that's some like somebody I like. I could go grab books because I got shit so close to me. But Neely Fuller, Neely Fuller Jr. He um he has the saying where he says, "I'm still learning." I got it tattooed on me. But I think like becoming a father, um, probably especially with my daughter, because having her like changed my whole life. My 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 daughter who's 13, who just had a birthday several days ago. Um, that changed my whole life. That like changed my trajectory. I think I always had something different, but becoming a father, like it showed me that I'm always learning and I'm responsible. Like in the midst of all kinds of shit I got going on, I got to like, they're my responsibilities. I'm not responsible for nothing else. Like I can't do nothing about a lot of shit as much as I would like to do that. My only responsibility is them outside of capitalism and colonialism and whatever the fuck going on. That shit don't really matter to them. And it's not going to matter when it comes to like, making sure I can at least do something to show that I care. That may still not be enough. So in that aspect, um, I'm still learning. I think that's probably the best answer in spite of all of what I've said is like becoming a father show me that I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And that's like, I'm going to be learning until I fucking no longer breathe. So, um, man, I'm, man, that shit is... Yeah, man, I, I, that's, I'm still learning because ain't no, and like, is there no handbook? There isn't, but that <laughs> just because there's no example doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're supposed to try things and see what works. That doesn't mean, you know, oh, I don't know how to give a baby a bath. That doesn't mean you put a fucking baby head first into a tub. That's <laughs> not what that means, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, that's like some, you know, some people say like some people need that, but I'm like, yeah, I, I, we grow up differently. So because I I realize a lot of my parenting style is similar as my father's, as much as I'm trying not to like be abusive. You know, he did what he could, what he he did what he thought was best. Like I recognize a lot of that was he did what he could wherever he was at. I still affects me. I be like, that motherfucker ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? I love him. But I recognize that his parenting style was helpful because it, it shaped me. I'm not, I'm still learning still to this day. I make mistakes. I'm always doing shit. So I think the sternness and like a certain level of discipline that he tried to instill in me makes me, you know, it could, it helps. So I try to like being a father, like I said, I'm still learning, but also allows me to show like, there's like a certain level of like, gotta have a certain tone, but not even that tone, but a presence that you have to have about yourself. Cause it ain't just your children. Other children are going to like sense that as well. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to like, they're going to like, it's, it's all, it's weird as hell. 
because I have children and then just to have children and just to be other, around other people's children. It's not like saying, oh, all children are going to, no, they just, sometimes just people that can hear me talk or they see me watch children, I just, I was like, oh, it's like, because I'm not saying children are bad. People don't know how to raise their kids. I think that some things are just a matter of like the energy. I don't know. Like my dad beat my ass and I don't think I was bad. I did some dumb shit. I did some dumb shit, but we ain't deserve all them ass whoopings because it wasn't like we was just doing crazy. She was just whooping her ass and dumb shit. Like, where are my keys and my wallet, bro? Like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. So that's a big thing I do now is, like, keys and wallet. You know what I'm saying? So, you got them ready. You got them ready. That's that's probably, that's a trauma response. But to answer your question, to, um, I'm still learning. I'm yeah. still learning every day. I'm still learning every day. Hey, learning is a lifelong process. And I definitely could say that's one of the things that I have recognized and truly do admire about you is that you are very transparent about you being a work in progress and you're still learning, like whether it's that black expression and you grab the mic and just talk about what's on your mind and being open to people's feedback, criticism, just to help you learn more about how this world operates, how this world works. And I can only imagine fatherhood, like you said, it's always a learning process. You probably learned something today, yesterday, like just through like being with your daughter and spending time with your family. Like it's it's a lifelong learning process for sure. Yeah, it really is. Um, I won't complain. I, you, you always can wish things could be better. They always could be worse. And, you know, sometimes I like, I'm learning to focus on what I have and what's good as much as not as what I can do better because that's what I tend to work on, focus on is like, I can do this better. I can be better here, not what I'm doing well. That's hard because I always be feeling like that. That's not a, that's my own thing. That's my own thing. So outside of that, um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, that shit's crazy. It's always something with this kid. I like, I, just decide, like, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she, like, my mother's been dead since, my own person, my own mother's been dead since I was four, and she plays, like, my mother played, like, violin and cello and bass. My oldest daughter just started playing her the bass her on her wow. own. I'm like, wow. I'm not religious, and spirituality's got me different meanings for everybody else, and I try not to get too deep into stuff like that, but you know what I'm saying? Um, that's crazy to me. That's that's wild. Like, cause I can't. I'm not a singer, but I can hold a note. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a musician, but I know how to like find keys. Cause my dad and my brother can play like great, but I can't. And then for her to like pick up the, and she's interested, so I'm intrigued. Like I'm like encouraging and hoping that she like does it. But it's just that's to me. It's like that's like fatherhood. I saw that. I saw that video. Mm. His daughter on stage and that smile he had, man, like that shit right there. Like it's fuck everything that niggas is talking about. That shit right there, you can't pay for that shit right there. That smile, all that's all people want. That's like the shit that you wanted as a child. It's the support from your parents to see you doing something that you love, you enjoying, and then being able to do. Man, that shit was beautiful. like every time I, that shit had me like damn near about to cry in the gym this morning. I was like, yo, <laughs> that shit was beautiful because you don't like that was a genuine smile. It wasn't in that fake shit. You know them nah. smiles. Man? putting on that shit was real he was like bruh but yeah man that's what oh. that's the fatherhood to do to you and then they'll have you like man why you got me up this early bro but, <laughs> um 
that's life. You know what I'm saying? I could be up doing some bullshit. Hey, man. Well, I know that your daughter appreciates it. Um, being a father sounds like something that's very rewarding, challenging, uh, educational. Not wishing that on myself anytime soon, but I'll be sure if and when it happens for me, I'll come to you for some of your wisdom. <laughs> I'll tell you what I know, but shit, everything every, 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 you're gonna be a different. I mean, if that's something you decide to do, which hey, you know what I'm saying? I, I give you what I know, but it's gonna be how you you gonna you gotta figure out what's best for you too, because let me tell you something. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> Kids is something else. I love it. <laughs> Hey, I, I only want to imagine right now, so I'm gonna stick in imagination land as far as <laughs> as far as the kids go. But uh, GJ, let's go ahead and get into who you are as a creative. I've alluded to the fact that you're part of the Black Expression team. Folks have seen you at Black Expression, whether it's on the mic, behind the lens of the camera, uh, carrying around your daughter on your chest. And I want to start off by asking, how do you define yourself as an artist slash creative? Hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I think that uh, even the word artist is hard to, um, artist and creative is hard for me. These are two words that I like. I battle with because I don't even know if that's something. If that's like really who I am, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been a music around music all my life. Because my father's a producer, so I feel like because I wasn't able to like express myself. It's not even say because express my being able to express myself is one part of who I am, and the aspect of why I'm a rapper and why I do poetry and why I do some of the things I'm doing, but also like. Music was something that I was like drawn to because of what I was so the dream to believe. So, um, I don't, I'm not because it shifted from like I'm gonna get rich off this shit to like I want to change people. So, for me, I don't even consider that like, and I realize I can't change people, but as much as I wanted to change how people think, like, um, create new narratives, really just kind of shift the thinking because you really, you know, and then see what people make people think about shit that they don't really think about because what i learned in like some early stages of like knowledge is like people think about a lot of shit but they don't say a lot because they're worried about everyone else and i said a lot of shit Mm. and people a lot of rappers local rappers in san diego you know what i'm saying was like in the suite in the studio and they were like i think about that shit all the time and it's like we high we talking we high you know niggas doing niggas shit but realistically the things that i was saying is like people think and feel about that shit all the time it's just they don't speak out loud about it because you know whatever the consequences of repercussions and shit is understandable so for me i be trying to get people to think differently or at least to see as as monet would say is think about their thinking because i'm not like i don't think i'm an artist or a creative because i don't do this shit for, like for creativity or to be an artist i'm like expressing myself because mm-hmm. i'm able to like do that as a child because I wasn't able to do that through my life. I was like, so, and I've been in, or being able to articulate myself. So even when you say define yourself like blackitarian, however I'm going to do this, blackitarian, um, it was um, like when my daughter was born and I was going through all these little different meetings. So like even the situation with Gaza, I was like doing shit with those people or people that were involved in that then 
like when my daughter was born, like in 2012, before that, you know what I'm saying? She was born in 2010, but in the spaces where things were going on in different meetings, because I was like, yo, I got to become a better person because I'm a father. I'm a father. I got to be able to answer a question. So for me, going through these processes and being able to like go to these different meetings and meet different people is like, okay, well, I came across Yuhuru um, and Peter, um, the African Socialist Party, and it talked about you know, Chairman O'Malley talked about defining yourself. So really just hearing what defining yourself means, because that's kind of what you're saying is black So I was like, well, I was I'm a humanitarian humanitarian, but they don't treat me like I'm human. So mm. basically black is a play on humanitarian, black and black. So I just basically took human off because, you know, nigga, we humans, but are we? Because when I say I'm pulled over by the police. And they be like, what's your race? And I say, human race. And this nigga laughing like it's a joke. Like, nigga, ain't nothing funny. Nigga, I'm a fucking human. Why is this a joke? But if I get pressed, it's a problem. Um, Blackatarian is ultimately the idea of defining myself, who I am. It's like, a, I don't have the definition on hand because it's always changing. But it's basically all of us. And, you know, whether it be through slavery, whether it be through, you know, migration, all of us who have this skin color, you know what I'm saying, for the greater good for all of us. I have a better breakdown definition probably on my page. I just hate to not like, if it's not word for word, then I'm not going to say it because I'm not, I don't remember it exactly. But in the aspect of defining who I am, it's like, it's a matter of thinking of thinking and being able to tell people um, things on my mind and create conversation. Cause I'm not an artist. I don't think I'm a creative. I don't, I'm, that's not who I am. I'm not going to like talk shit about none of that shit. Cause people are offensive or soft or whatever. That's probably not the right thing to say. But you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. I'm just keeping it real because I'm not, I don't think I'm an artist or creative because I don't do this shit for art because this is perfect. Um, I don't do this shit for art because niggas talk about <laughs> I ain't going to do this. Yes, I am. Fuck it. Uh, I'm going to do this shit for the flute. Like, nigga, this is art, but this is like art is a reflection of the time. We're supposed to tell about the time that's what that's what true artistry is is to reflect the time so whether it be like fucked up circumstance because that's the true definition of hip-hop is like hip-hop was made in the gutter and in the presence of like circumstance of this is fucked up nigga we got hip-hop because these niggas took our instruments out of school i remember i was in school in louisiana niggas was giving us saxophones and trumpets and shit you know what i'm saying which is wild but the idea is hip-hop is about like telling the story of like how fucked up this shit is and then it's got all crossfit and that niggas is doing all kinds of wild shit and I think it's even more disrespectful than the nigga playing the flute. I mean it's fucked up the niggas is people bouncing their asses and shit to it, you know what I'm saying? Doing all kinds of wild shit like nigga they had Webby doing white me down with the Grammys and niggas call that like accomplishment. I think that shit is why yo but that's how I feel. That's how I feel because I think like nigga fuck the Grammys. Because why do we care about what they talking about? And now they saying this is a good job because what's the first hip hop game in the game, niggas? Was it it's hard out here for a pimp, nigga? Come on, nigga. What are we on? And nigga, that's but that's and that's the matter of like who I am. So when you ask who I am as a person, I'm like, nigga, what the fuck are we on? Because it's not about I'm not trying to no, I'm not trying to make you feel good at all. I ain't trying to make you feel bad as much as maybe that's what you fucking need to get your shit together. Cause that's really what it's about, at least for me, because I'm okay with like it's gonna, I'm gonna be uncomfortable. I'm gonna be mad. I don't want to like do that. But if it's like right, if it's supposed, to, if it's gonna help me, give it to me. And if I need the space, give me the space so then I can receive it. But I'm not, a, I'm not against hearing what's necessary because like fuck all that bullshit. At least that's 
defining who I am as a person because like we need to progress as people. I would want people to want the best out of me. I'm not saying that we don't need like cushion, but we need to like be patient. Yeah, patient. Patience is a good word. But patience has tolerance. You know what I'm saying? Um, and conditions, people talking about unconditional, yeah, shit got conditions. I ain't finna sit here and play that shit. Cause like if we not conditional, if we don't have tolerance, then we just gonna keep getting ran the fuck over. Like this is no nah, fuck that. Like, what did somebody say? And I'm gonna let you get to the next question because I know I'm Are no, you good? Um if you're standing at the line, you got a, a border and you like nigga, you can't cross this shit. And a nigga keep walking him to the line and keeps like you keep you, you gotta keep pushing this nigga back. Now, at a certain point, you look down, you're not even at your line. This nigga didn't invaded your space. But unless this, unless you could at least keep, you can put, keep pushing his back, or you could think you just knock this nigga out. Now, people are like, oh, yes. No, like, because he's going to keep pushing towards you. Say, hey, don't cross this line. And he's like, all right, get back. It's only going to get, it's only going to get one A, get back. You know what I'm saying? And we've like done too many A, get backs. And now it's like, oh my God, uh-huh. nigga's happening. A, what's happening? Nigga, look, nigga, nigga. What the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> Your looks be killing me sometimes because the way you be looking at me, like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that's like a black thing. Niggas be like, nigga. <laughs> It'd be so many times that black expression, I feel like you give me that look in the middle of a performance or something. And I just want to tell you to shut up in my head. I'm like, don't, don't give me that look because I know exactly what you're thinking right now. And you did not have to look at me like that. Um, First, thank you for that response. I think that um, that's why I want people to define themselves because I don't want to come on this podcast and say GJ is X, Y, and Z. I want you to be able to define who you are for yourself. And I appreciate you going into depth about what Blacketarian means for you and why like that is important to you. Uh, to me, you are an artist. I will go out and just say that I do believe that you are an artist by my definition of an artist, but I fully respect like your uh, definition of who you are for yourself. And I'm I'm probably leave it at this one question, follow up question for you. But did you listen to the Three Stacks flute album yet? Have I? Yeah, I haven't, and I plan on doing it. So I'm not like I'm I'm going to do it. So I'm 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 going to because you said. Cause you asked me to do it. Cause I've been like, fuck that. Cause I'm real. Like, like I say, I'm an extremist. So I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Cause it may be, it may be, I'm not going to say it's probably not good. Cause that's not what it's, that's not what it's about for me. It's not whether if it's good or not, it's a matter of that. He's a hip hop artist. He said hips that the South has something to say in the midst of niggas talking shit about them niggas winning whatever award there was. Then he like, goes away and does whatever he does. These is as a critic of hip hop. Like, you know, I got the right to do this. If we can do this shit, you know, I'm not yeah. doing it. Like we're doing. So he goes away and then, you know, niggas think he's going to do an album and then this nigga releases an album playing a flute. And then they say this shit's a hip hop album and it's like charting high for this nigga. I don't, maybe he said something, but for me, it's like, it's mad. It's like, it's disrespectful because I don't listen I, to certain it's certain music I don't listen to already, but that's to me like I think like I big boys you. are. I think big boys are better rapper, but that was before any of this shit even happened. Like niggas be they. This is the nigga they say is at the top. He's a top ten rapper of all time. I'm like nigga, not before the fucking flute shit. Where 
now he got the flu shit and he's a top 10. Bro, get the fuck out of here, man. That shit's wild. But that's my personal opinion and that's my view. Now, I don't be wanting to argue with niggas because I don't really give a fuck. Person, I really don't care because I don't think that if we're talking about rappers, I don't think niggas is better than Lupe Fiasco. Um, I don't think niggas is better than Black Thought. I don't think niggas is better than like it's niggas I know that are dope. Like, you know, Lou Sadam is dope. Nigga got them same shoes is dope. I got other homies that niggas have probably never heard of. Uh DJ Rice is dope. Martin McFly is dope. Nigga, uh, Von Dream is dope. Man, um, I'm dope. If niggas take the time to listen to what I'm saying. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of and there's a lot of people that think that they they, they who they listen to is dope. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it ain't nothing against Andre 3000. And you know, I don't give a fuck about no flu now. And that's just keeping it real. So it's like, I think that shit is disrespectful to the culture. And in the midst of like people getting bombs dropped on the head, he got the nerd to fucking play flutes talking about what I'm going to talk about. My colostomy. Boy, get the fuck about here. Lil Wayne can still rap about whatever the fuck he rapping about. And you talking, I got to go play a flute? Nigga, Lil Wayne was out here playing the guitar and singing in auto-tune and still releasing music. And he was like, yeah, this ain't it, Chief. And he went back to rapping. But, oh, you nigga got to play a flute. All right, bro. But that- but you you know my one rebuttal to you, so you ain't listened to it yet. Man, that shit, see? <laughs> if that's the only argument, and if I like, this is like... But, no, wait, but what, let me cook a little bit more. Just because I, I hear what you say, though, and I think anywhere that is charting this album as hip hop, it's not a hip hop album. And I even just looked it up right now. The technical genre that it is officially released under is new age, ambient jazz, and spiritual discovery. Like right, that's probably that shit. That's good. That's good. They probably got that shit right, cause, <laughs> cause nigga, and even then, even it's like, not hip hop. And it's not to say that niggas can't do nothing different. I'm not saying that. That's cool. That's, but it's not a but. Man, whatever. Whatever, you know, what they what our what our uh, people if you like it, I love it. You know what I'm saying? And we already know what the fuck that means, but you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'll listen to it because you asked me, and a lot of people have said it, and I'm not like that type of person because I don't like Eminem, but I got I like songs that Eminem is on. Like yeah, and every, at the Eminem end of the day, it's music. Huh? At the end of the day, it's music and everybody's entitled to like or dislike whatever. I just I just like people listening to it before they before they Make trash a- it. I mean, I give you that's fair. You don't even you haven't had to you don't even know. You haven't even seen like I you haven't even watched the movie. And I'm like, okay, I gotta watch Black Panther the two to tell you that shit is trash. I bet. I watched the movie. It's trash. So you wanna know why it's trash, nigga? Let's start with the beginning. All right, now let me go ahead. Keep going. Let me stop. Oh, well, we're gonna have to have a whole second podcast of just stuff we disagree on. People wanna give you like I gotta do this. I'm not a doctor. I don't want, I'm not in school. I got to write shit down and give people points. And then you like, people, are they going to listen to the points? And then I got to have a rebuttal for the point. I'm like, all right, you know what? You got it. Cause I don't care. But I, I mean, but we, like you said, it's all subjective. Cause that's one thing. Cause it's like, i be looking at like details. It's not, it's not about the culture for me. It's about like purpose and what's mm-hmm. the benefit of this. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's not to say that the music or the flute is not helpful or it's not healing people. Yeah. If that, it's doing then you know i'm happy for the people that it's doing but it's not stopping bombs it's not stopping niggas from eating mcdonald's it's not niggas from like being there for their families it's not stopping all kinds of other shit so it's good for the people that's listening to it but it's not like changing it's not like you know it's not like niggas getting higher knowing with a hieroglyph is gonna give them superpowers you know what i'm saying so um 
niggas, hey, nigga, it's real life. You know what I'm saying? Niggas is like, that's real ass shit. Like, that's who I am, though. That's why like, I'm not finna be. I feel it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people probably not gonna like me after, and I don't give a fuck, but it's okay. Yeah. It's not about that though. I, I, what I know people are going to ask though is what, what song is stopping all this? What song does does Andre three sexy to come out with that's going to change the whole world? That's gonna, what song does Andre three thousand need to drop that's going to satisfy GJ the God? It's, it's not about me. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> it's not about me because. <laughs> nah, but. I, I honestly love it because podcasts are more interesting when there is when there are disagreements, when you can hear somebody's strong opinion on something. Um, and I think that you have a fair you have very valid points. And I think once you mention why you were upset about the album and the statement he made about the South has something to say and just how much you revere hip hop, all of that makes sense. I just was like, nah, like I, I like the flute. Hey, I like I liked it when your uh was it Ian came in with the saxophone. And I was like, hell, I love the saxophone. I love the trumpet. And I love like music because I grew up in the house. I'm like, I grew up like around musicians. So it's like, I don't have a problem with that, but don't don't play with me, bro. Don't do that. Cause I'm not finna play that. Like niggas is, oh yeah, like I know these niggas ain't like got real music. I know that shit sample. I know you niggas ain't no real <laughs> producers. I know you niggas don't have no like can't play no instruments. Like I'm not stupid. It still sound good. Don't try to like, oh, it's a fluid. I don't, and then like, it's just like, it was, it's like, I didn't watch the whole interview. And you know, the internet is real good for like giving you like these, like these clickbaits. Yeah. Like, oh, but when the niggas say, what I'm going to rap about my colonoscopy or some shit, when he said, I was like, yo, they did that shit as clickbait, but for the, you said that shit, nigga, like, really? That shit. I'm going to have to stop you before Andre Three Sacks canceled his podcast. <laughs> I'm still trying to make it out here. I can't be having too much Andre 3000 slander on the podcast today. Uh, yeah. So Andre yeah. 3000, if you listen to this, these are the opinions of GJ. Yeah. I fucked with the flute album. I got that shit on repeat. That I'm pretty sure it's great. I'm pretty sure it's like one of the greatest of albums of all time. And that's that's like I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm so fucking serious. Like just because I don't like it, don't mean it's not loved by lots of people. So you know what I'm saying? Niggas don't like my music. That don't mean it's trash. Hey, and the, your music isn't trash at all. I was listening to uh, some of your discography on Spotify right before recording this podcast. I like when before I'm recording with the guests, I like to listen to projects that you have. Look at your Instagram pages just to get myself in the mindset of who people are as people and the content they put out there. And what I really appreciate about your sound and your music, you could tell, I think Blackitarian is just a perfect kind of moniker for you because I think that um, when I was listening to the music, you could tell there's a love for Black people. There's a love for Black families. Uh, there's a love for community within your music. Like your music reminded me a lot of songs that I would want to like listen to with the homies or riding around with the homies in a car listening to, because it's, it's real life. You're not just going for trying to find the sauciest bar you can find, but it's like real life music. So I definitely validate and appreciate that aspect of your craft as a, I'm not going to say the word artist as a black Uh I was listening, I listened to like six or seven songs before we started recording. I really was rocking with your music. Uh, what do you hope people gain when they listen to your music, though? I think that's the question I had for you. I mean, I hope I mean, that um, find some type of like thought, um, or some type of like interest in to go do some research into what I say. Because the bigger thing that I try to let people know is like, um, 
you know, you need to do your own fucking research. Like you gotta do your own work in this world. You can't um you can't take some shit for face value because somebody said something. So as much as it may sound good or feel good or it's interesting, don't take my word for it. Go do your own research. Cause I could be wrong. I might have been right right then, things change. But I think the bigger thing is it's important for people to go do the work because a lot of the time we allow what someone else says to like be law without actually doing the research and doing the work for ourselves. And that like things have become too much like that. So even so more so it's about like the album or any of the music. It's a matter of like if anything people should get from is like do the work, do the research. Um, ain't nothing gonna really get done unless you get the fuck up and like figure it out and like, you know, find people around you that are on the same page, whether it's like the shit that I'm talking about or anything. Motherfuckers run the world with what they believe in because they got a group of motherfuckers that believe that shit. And I think that people don't get that. Like families run the world. It ain't got shit to do with nothing else. Some shit is not that fucking hard. It's real simplistic. We make shit way more complex and more like spooky. Like, so the bigger thing is to like, try to make this shit simple, work with what's effective. And that's like probably more so what I'm going in like the future and like the, the newer stuff. Um, Cause it's, you know, try to make shit simple because it's like, man, I can talk all that. I'm not lyrical. I could be lyrical, but that ain't necessarily going to get the point across. I'm a Lupe Fiasco fan. And man, I'm telling you right now, that nigga got bars that I'm like, I hear, I'm like, yo, wait a minute. I just understand what the fuck he just said in a different way now. Like what the fuck? I am not trying to make bars like that. As much as I do want you to think about what I'm saying and I want things to be simple. So sometimes I feel like people get caught up in the art of hip hop where it's like, <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna be complex. I got dope bars, I'm gonna rap, I'm gonna metaphor. I mean, metaphors and sim it's supposed to simplify shit. You're supposed to make shit sound dope and simplify it so people can understand what the fuck's going on. You're supposed to give niggas game. That's the whole, like, that's the art of this shit. At least that's the idea. It's different for everybody else. I'm not saying I ain't trying to make no motherfucking money, but. I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to get rich off of music. I can make some money out of it, but I want to change lives. It's about the impact. So I want to impact people's lives. I want people to gain something from it to like want to be better. Because, you know, I don't want it to be a listen as much as it's like I take this and use it. Because I got mm -hmm. homies of music. I got homies that got music that I've been listening to the album for 10 years. Like one is like he got a, all his music is dope. But the album he made, like one album he made 10 years ago when he was like, uh, Nation of Islam, Muslim, man, that fucking album slaps. I tell him every, every time I get mm. to I, I say, nigga, whenever I feel like shit, I'm not religious. I'm not religious at all, but every time I feel a certain type of way, I play these certain songs, I play this album, bro, it get me in the right spirit all the time. Like, all the time. Mm. I, I'm not a Muslim. I don't believe in Jesus. The idea of those people are cool, but that shit so, so, so I understand the power of music. It can change your mood. It can make you, like, positive. It can, it can like, make you more depressed. It can make you more sad. It can make you more hyped, especially, like, in a gym. You know what I'm saying? So I want people to be like impacted by what I'm saying and it affects them and it makes them like think more, you know what I'm saying? But they also got to go do the research because none of that shit come from like just experience as much as it come from like reading books, getting my head hit, getting hurt, you know? And then I was like, I can't say learn from me because that's stupid. I learn, I'm learn, I know now more than ever. You can't tell a motherfucker to learn from me. They're going to watch your example and still do what the fuck they want to do or they want to bump their head. Like, that's the reality we're in. We're not in the environment where, you know what I'm saying? We got to learn a certain type of way. And if you make a mistake, there's consequences and then you can correct that behavior. Nigga, you fuck up, that could be an end-all, be-all. Or you can fuck up and be okay, depending on your environment. You say, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. And then you get, become an adult and then it's all bad. So um, 
people to listen to my music and to enjoy it. But also, you know what I'm saying? I hope to get something from them because, you know, the Black Atari and the album is older. You know what I'm saying? I was When I was like younger into the knowledge that I was in, a lot of stuff is like a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more like, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't say it's, I feel different, but it's like some of that shit that I like to say when I be talking to Monet is like, I think I went from one delusion to another when I went from like religion or, and I wasn't religious before I was, but just, I think things are like delusions and because they become like confirmation bias to us and they make us feel good. We get caught. And I'm like, I don't like to be comfortable. That shit probably make me more uncomfortable to be like too comfortable. So for me, it's like, all right, this sounds good, but why are they telling me this? Mm. Why they got me looking over here? What's going on over here? Cause that's, tends to be the bigger thing. So it's like, well, why are you telling me this shit? What benefit do you have from telling me this? So for me, I'm like always trying to understand angles. So for me, the earlier music, especially the Blackatarian music, that's like right in a minute. It's like, you, it's a vibe. You start hearing them fucking the damn goddamn the inserts with like Saru said and said, if you know who, if anybody know who some of them motherfuckers is on there, they'd be like, who the fuck? But yeah, them niggas was <laughs> fire heat giving heat back in like back 10 years ago on the internet when YouTube was spicy. Niggas was in New York on the fucking internet giving niggas, the black woman is God, nigga type shit. So, you know, um, um, and that was part of my growth. There's a lot of shit I learned from that. It, it just kind of like shaped me. It's like, I can't be like them niggas, but I got the same, you know, energy. But like, you know, with the With Me single and the Selfish single, those songs are a little bit, you know, I think they're more personal about who I am as a person. I think they're like, but they simple and everything's in there. I think some shit, some shit be people trying to, what is that? No, nigga, you heard what I said. That shit is not. It's clear as day. It's clear. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, nigga, there's, you know assembly and the metaphor when you say it, you know what the fuck I said <laughs> when I said, nigga, get a billion dollars. Build a nation. Anyway. Clear cut. Clear as day. Clear as day for sure. Uh, before we transition out of talking about music, I have to ask this. Uh, what's the story behind the name GJ the God? How did that become what you go by? Wow. So we'll just do it in parts. GJ is the name that my mother called me before I died. And GJ means basically I learned years later, like almost when like I'm 34. I learned like I was 27. GJ meant Gregory Jr. So. I didn't know that. I thought GJ was just Greg Jackson or Gregory Jackson because I'm Gregory Jackson, like my dad. People would call my dad G Jack. So when I grew up, niggas would call me, you know, me and my brother, Lil G Jacksters. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when I started making music, I would go by like GJ, and then I was in the job corps. It was a freestyle battle, a bunch of a bunch of rappers. I don't even know if this nigga's still alive. I don't know where he at. He was in, we was in Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. He used to call himself the dopest. So that nigga, we rapped. And then we was like supposed to make a group. And then nigga never came back after leave. I was like, all right, well, my name is GJ the dopest. So I went by GJ the dopest for a while. And then when I started getting more into like knowledge, um, you know, the idea of God is like, for me, uh, means like, you know, you know, I took, I studied the, the five percenters, the five percenters for a while. You know, I, I took, I, I, I did some math. I did some math. That shit sound goofy as hell to me when I say it like that. <laughs> I, I studied with them and, you know, studied the supreme mathematics and at least get the understanding from, at least from my grasp, what I could use for me. And, you know, the bigger thing that I took from is like, you know, 
I don't control nothing but the things that I have in my cipher. So what I say yes to, what I say no to, I have the power to build and destroy. Destroy is not a negative sense of, as much as like, nigga, get the fuck away from me. Like, you're not going to fuck up none of this shit. And if I got to fuck you up to keep you away from me, then that's so be it. And that may be evil to you, but you're not considering the evil you transpired upon, upon me. So the idea of God is like, I am in control. I am not the God. I don't mm. believe in like no shit like that. Every people like, oh, it's, what if, we don't know the name. We can't, you know, make no difference. And at that point, when I was studying five percenters, I was studying the Bible. And it was somewhere in the Bible. I gotta find it. I gotta find a verse. So whenever niggas talk to me, I can say, yeah, it's like somewhere in the Bible I was reading because I like to study. Got books all over the place. Um I studied it was somewhere in the Bible was to basically saying a Pope is God on earth. And I was like, nigga, if he's God on earth, then nigga, I'm God because he's not gonna be the God of me. You know what I'm saying? And that's the perception of like the idea of when Jesus left, and this is like it's in the fucking Bible. I didn't I didn't, somewhere in that motherfucker now. Nigga can correct me and say, no, that's not what that means. You're leaning on your own interpretation. Outside of all of that, the concept became GJ the God because I am God of myself. So it's like GJ means God's justice. If we break it down like that for people, because people are like, what does God, what does GJ mean? Or what is GJ? Because it's a tongue twister. But overall, GJ the God, purpose, power, being able to like everything I mean is because that's what, when you hear the word God, what do you mean? You mean authority. It means like, someone that you need to respect someone who's respectful someone who holds themselves to the highest esteem. like so it's like i don't think i'm better than no one as much as i'm doing what i need to do to be a better person now if that offends you i'm sorry and honestly i don't fucking care because i'm not really sorry either but i ain't trying to cause no problems either you know what i'm saying because like people want you to be a certain type of way so i make this shit too fucking long because I, I i could talk as you can see um hey it's a podcast you're supposed to talk on a podcast <laughs> Oh, yeah, but that's the idea. GJ the guy came from like studying and recognizing like I have power and that I create, I create life, I create problems, I can solve problems. Me being in control is very important because when I get totally out of control, it fucks up my environment, it fucks up my cycle. So a lot of the science behind the shit and the five percent, it made like it was like, oh, this is logical. Like, nigga, you screaming is gonna cause a problem. You smoking in a place where it says don't smoke is going to be a problem, especially if you loud and with a bunch of niggas. But if you smoking over here by yourself away from everybody or with a few people and you niggas is not making a bunch of fucking noise, that's not going to cause too many problems. Basically, like probability, looking at circumstances that could be more of a problem if you do certain. It just really like it was like me what I gained from that shit was like it's logic. Now, people say it's not that simple. Nigga, yes, it is. We just want to make sure it's something. It's not. It's no magic pill. It's, it's not it's not that hard it's our circumstances are hard and sometimes the decisions that we have to make are more difficult than we want to make and it's like oh we gotta do this gonna make me uncomfortable it is do you really want to do the work or no so god means being responsible and making the hard decisions even if that shit hurts man that shit hurts all the time but it's like what i'm gonna do be i like i gotta be responsible because at the end of the day i'm responsible anyway uh-huh. so i might as well take the highest esteem that I could take for myself and not look at myself at the lower because I had a low self-esteem. So saying that I'm God, that means nigga, there ain't no lowness to yourself. You already see it. It doesn't matter what anybody else pedestal. Fuck their pedestal. That shit is not fuck with their talk. Like that shit is not important to me as much as what I stand on for myself. So yeah, GJ the God is like, yeah, nigga, 
I'm the god of my cipher, of my space. If I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. If you fucking with, I'm going, I'm not going to play that shit. And I don't give a fuck. I'm not looking to cause no problems, but it's no problem. Like that nigga 50 Cent said, like, nigga, don't, don't please. I don't want no, I don't want no problems, bro. None. And, and, and being in, like being God, it means it's, it's offensive to people because that means you're trying to, people will take that you, because you want to hold yourself at a higher level that you think that you're better. And I've been dealing with that shit since I moved from, Louisiana from California to Louisiana. So it's like, yo, because now I see myself at this highest steep. Man, fuck you. That's not my problem that you don't like. I can't, I'm sorry. That's not that. And I don't really care. It's like, and I know I can't whoop everybody ass. That's why it's like I, being a God, you'd be like, all right, I know I can't say everything all the time in certain spaces. Sometimes it's important to learn to shut the fuck up. Like that's understanding a God is like, I'm in control. And sometimes when you like out of control, you're no longer a God. Who is God of you if you are getting mad? If you're screaming, if you're like putting your hands on people, if you don't know how to control your sexual urges, if you don't know how to eat certain food, like nigga, that's that's what all that shit means to me. And so when people see me working out or see me doing certain, because it's like, remember, I'm like, well, I'm doing this shit because I'm trying to be the best I can be every day. I'm mm-hmm. doing the most. I'm an extremist, nigga. I'm like, that's, it ain't got nothing more than it's like, I'm a living, existing being, you know what I'm saying? And we're humans and like, you know what I'm saying? So we're machines and I feel I'm better when I'm getting up doing this shit than sitting down being depressed and feeling sorry for myself or like feeling bad about mistakes. Me getting up and working, it helps me work through that shit. And then it's like, okay, I at least did this. Then I can move to the next step. It's just a process of like growth. So being God, that's the idea is just being responsible. Like, all right, the best thing to do is sit my ass down. Get your ass up and go to the gym. Just staying consistent is going to help you. So this is being yeah. responsible. It's like, it's like a responsibility more than anything. Absolutely. And I wanted to, this is one of the mo- the questions I was most interested in getting your response to, because I can only imagine with like GJ the God being the name that's on your Instagram that you go by. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have questions about like why the use of God in, in your name, like whether it's a religious thing, whether it's not a religious thing. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to go in depth about that. Uh, the most important follow up question I could ask to that, who wins in a fight between Charlemagne the God and GJ the God? No, I'm just going to switch you. Slam <laughs> his ass. He ain't even got no fight in him. Uh, I, I knew that was going to be yes, so I was just messing around. Um, but no, I think that, yeah, I think that people are going to appreciate your honesty and with regards to who you are and what your name means for you, which is why naming is so important, whether it's the name that we go by or artist name, just because there's so much that you can gain from names but that's why i value asking people those questions why do you go by this why do you go by this because i could just have assumptions on why you call yourself gj the god or i could take the time to have a conversation with you and listen to that explanation so definitely thanking you for that um definitely had another question with regards to that but it totally lost my mind um I will also say that this is probably gonna be the most explicit episode of the banquet hall podcast and i'm excited for it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> damn yeah i see and i just yeah that's you say hey you can beat me i'm a hey cause. And no, that's why i say at first like i want people to be a thousand percent themselves because that's real otherwise i'm fabricating a story that isn't real like i want people to have a true authentic experience on who people are and i think that there's so many politics of respectability over using curse words not using curse words saying the quote unquote the n-word not saying the n-word um, I want people to be able to be themselves and whether or not you're 
cursing while you're speaking, that shouldn't take away any validity from what you're saying, which is why before I even start recording, I always let my guests know like, hey, you can cuss up a storm if you want, or you can keep it 100% clean if you want. Totally up to you. Fair enough. Fair enough for sure. Uh, but let's get to, let's start with working out because we talked about being at the gym. Uh, you have workout journals that people can purchase from you. Uh, what led you to want to provide workout journals for people? Why is journaling workouts important? I'm not tripping. No, you're not <laughs> tripping. I saw that too. <laughs> What's going on back here? Uh, uh, yeah, so, man, um, I don't know. I was, I got another book somewhere. They look like this. So I was in the military for a little bit. And um, I had a bunch of these. And I was in the gym one day. Oh, here's the, the second one. I was in the gym one day. And uh, I just like, yo, I got this shit. That, I saw people been writing books, shit, writing their workouts down. Like, that's that ain't a new concept. Like, bodybuilders, and they've been doing this shit for centuries, for decades. Mm. Decades. So watching the videos, I'm not, I don't consider myself a bodybuilder, but I'm like, I like to learn. So for me, I'm a student. That's why I'm like, st I'm still learning. So it's like, if I don't like learning for me, it's like, I got, I like to learn. So if I don't feel like I can learn, I ain't trying to hear none of that shit. So for me, um, writing it with down was kind of like a concept of like, I get to see the work that I'm doing and to see what's effective at that time. Obviously you can get more detail into like calories and food. That's like, that's ex super extreme. I think even writing shit down is extreme, but it was just the idea to have like a, like it was it was like routine you know i think there's power in writing shit down i think that we've got so fucking caught up in like these phones mm -hmm. that uh we can get distracted in whatever that we're doing at that time and that was something i found myself doing and seeing other people doing is getting caught up changing the song or scrolling and it's not to say that i still don't grab my phone and scroll it's just i don't do it so much because the whole key is like the book is like i wrote my set down Compared to people having, oh, I got this app that I can write this set down. Or my phone tells me this work. I think that shit is like, it's just as much as it's convenient, it can be distracting. Um, so the book for me was like, I can physically, I'm more involved in the workout because I got to write this shit down. Yes, it's mm -hmm. like, it's, being inconvenient makes it a convenience because like, I got to do this. I got to do this. All right, boom. Now that gives me time to take a break in between the set. Then I can like put the set down, how much weight, and then I'm professionally working. And then I can look back, let's say I forgot what I did yesterday. Or, oh, I felt stronger two weeks ago. Um, I can go back two weeks and look mm. at what I wrote down. And then with this journal that I wrote, I made it where you got like your pre-workout thoughts or some like, like a positive affirmation. I mean, I mean, and then at the end of it, it has like, how do you feel after the workout? It doesn't have to be a positive affirmation because shit, the last few, three, two couple of days, it's been, I've been, I'm here. Make better decisions have been like my, literally my mm for the last two or three beginning of each workout. And at the end, of each one of them has been like, I've been energized. I felt better. So the idea is to get, you know, we tend to run from routine, which is a form of religion. So for me, I'm trying to like develop rituals and develop things that can like help improve a person. So it's like, it gets you getting caught because it's easy. We get up on our phone and get, it will, you'll scroll and time will pass. And you won't get shit done or people start talking. Like, I don't like to talk on in the gym i'm not against it but we can talk and work out so for me it's like i get to see my progression in the in while i'm working out but also it allows me to stay focused on what i'm doing and then i can always look back so it's like i think it's important for like 
history, for your own history, before your own detail, before you to see your progress. You know what I'm saying? I think every people say, like, niggas take pictures. Like, it shit don't get it count until we take a picture. You know what I'm saying? Niggas was writing shit down before. So, you know what I'm saying? I think it's important to, like, have some sense of, oh, I did this many. Did you really do this shit? Because then it's like a lot of times people be cheating themselves. It's not a matter of saying that this is going to make you not cheat yourself as much as it gives you an uh, inconvenient way to write something down that takes away a lost art that people don't have no more. Like people don't write shit down no more. I was like, I start. That's why I like it, because I realize mm-hmm. I don't write no more. I don't I like I don't write. And I hate that I don't can't like not even say I can't memorize a poem. I haven't taken the time to memorize shit like I haven't doing that and then i feel like writing is like it's, a, it's like whether people talking about all that spiritual shit and writing is the what the power is nigga that's how you fucking we fucking putting shit in phones and wonder why these niggas coming up with our ideas hey i think that the workout journals is such a great idea I'm too because i <laughs> what you sorry for no i'm just i did that threw that off but yeah the workout journal overall is a matter of like it's a matter of writing shit down and, and maintaining a sense of like uh, uh, detail of what you're doing. Cause man, that shit, I feel like it's effective. Cause then I could like, then why am I weaker? And I may not remember what I ate, but then I can be like, okay, what was going on around this time? We all be on social media. We all can kind of get an idea of what we were doing. Maybe you are writing down your macros, your calories and all this other shit. But I just, I just, it's good to have a system, whether regardless of whatever you're following, it's good to have structure to follow. And I think like having something to write down, I'm going in the gym right now, my free thoughts, working out, whether however many work exercise you're doing, however many exercises you, or sets, um, you got something to log that shit and have control of it. Cause if you look at like, look at all the great bodybuilders, all the motherfuckers who've been doing this shit for decades, these niggas got motherfucking habits of these motherfuckers, not like this, but they got all kinds of motherfucking papers where they didn't wrote every workout, every set down for years and years and years and years. And I was like, these niggas are on to something. And then, you know, it's not like they don't have already their own workout books and shit like that in the world. I just wanted to put my own spin on it. And it was like, now that I'm using the one that I designed, I was like, I like it. I can like change There's things in there that I know I can change. But overall, I like even when we designed it, I had it with a concept as like because the idea of working out is not just, you know, you know, people it's it's everything is trending now and should be bullshit. So but it's like it's I wouldn't have motherfucker to start working out really because I was depressed and I was like overweight and you know what I'm saying, but more so I was depressed. But also people talk about, oh, this is you need to get your body right and get your mind right. Well, how do you are you thinking about your mind when you're working out? Or are you writing down your thoughts mm. walking that bitch? Or are you writing that shit down afterwards? What are you listening to? Because niggas, I mean, we all listen. I know I be listening to bullshit in the gym. Nigga, Webby, nigga, Boosie, Zero. I be listening to why, and I be in that bitch gigging. But are you still writing down what you felt before and what you felt after? Are you, what are you taking from that? It's like, it's a, even if it's just a moment, because sometimes people just walk in there and motherfucking do whatever. I see people in the gym who meditate. There's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of niggas that come in the gym and meditate. And the only nigga I seen do it He's one, it's one black dude and like a bunch of like, I'm gonna say Asians, cause I don't know if they're Filipinos or Vietnamese. Most, most of the time, if you think about it, mostly Filipinos, people, people are Filipino because of like the Navy, but I'm gonna say Asian. But they're the, the, the them and that one nigga, the only motherfuckers I've seen in the gym meditating. Anybody else in that bitch meditating at all? Like, I'm not playing, like sitting there with the whole shit meditating. One nigga, and he's like my age meditating and shit 
So, yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I think that with regards to the process of journaling prior to the workout, after the workout, I love the way that you frame that and why you have the journal set up that way because uh, we always talk about writing things down as a way to commit things to memory. It's a way of affirming things, cementing things. And I think that it can cause people to be a lot more intentional with their workouts and being more mindful. I think it's the word I was looking for, being more mindful uh, with regards to their workout plan, their routine, because yeah, otherwise I feel like I'm just kind of just going through the motion and not really having an intentional goal or being very present with those workouts. So for any listeners trying to get on track of their fitness journey and just get your mind right before that workout, definitely encourage y'all to tap in with the workout journals. Um, I also want to make sure that I had time to go. You might be, you might have the most Instagrams out of any person I know on planet earth. I don't got that many. I don't got that many. I think I got about like four or five. I count five right now. Um, so maybe not the most out of anybody on planet Earth, but definitely probably the most out of people I know. But I wanted to make sure as we transition towards the tail end of the episode that people had a complete idea of just all the different things that you do. Uh, so we talked about working out in the workout journals. Uh, you also have this IG page, Train for Life with GJ. Um, what do you enjoy most about helping people with their fitness journeys? Yeah, um, I think the biggest, I think a better question would be is the biggest challenge is mm. you know, for people to find out their why. Because I think finding out why you are here is going to keep you to get through the days that are hard and get you through um, the days that you don't want to show up for yourself. The days, because there's going to be days that it's going it's to be a lot more days where it's not going to feel good. And then there may be times where you have a flow where things to work out. So the bigger thing is like finding why out the why. And, you know, hopefully it's not some type of like um, vanity shit, you know, because if it's vanity, I can't, re- I, I, I like, I try to avoid that because I can't really help people who are looking and look a certain type of way because I didn't get this way overnight. It took time. And even now that was never the goal. Yeah, I want like six like abs and shit, but that's something that I personally want. That's not like nothing other than the fact that I never had them and I want to see if I can do it because I haven't got so far in progress. So the biggest challenge is, or at least not just a referring question, is like, you know, find it for people to find me why so you can stay motivated because sometimes, you know, you have to adjust. Sometimes you might hurt yourself. People want to progress and move too fast. They like, people don't know their own levels and their own pace and they want to do shit because they, they be on the internet looking at niggas do shit that's not real. So it's like, you know, you got to know your own, you got to like work within your own capacity and then progressively move past that when you, you know, uh, get comfortable. But then you got to start with your why. So if you out here trying to like do some shit because somebody else do it, you probably already started the wrong way. This is probably, uh-huh. already probably fucking up. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next up, GJ Reads. And I think this is something that has come up in a few of your responses uh, it's just the power of knowledge and learning through reading. Um, do you have like a certain, what do I want to say, a certain type of book that you like to read or certain types of books that you feel you gain the most out of reading? Um, Crazy you say that because I haven't, I was like, I had this point, I've been in this phase where I don't really want to read books. Mm. But currently, like, just because I don't think, I, mean, I just have this phase where I haven't been wanting to read. Um, But I did, I have gotten into like, thinking about since you asked that question 
I like, like I said, I like to learn. Um, currently, what I'm currently realizing, I like to read autobiographies more so now because I like the the Mike Tyson autobiography was really fucking good. Um, the David Goggins book that uh, one of them. That one was really good. And I've read a few other autobiographies are, you know, that I haven't read in a while. Obviously the Malcolm X one, but I haven't read that one in a while. And I'm like trying to read this. Um, you said Blood in Your Eye by uh George Jackson. But just autobiographies, because it kind of gets you like a for me, I'm like real descriptive. So I can kind of like people can talk and I can like be there. Whatever the fuck they're talking about, I can be there. Like I can be here visually talking to you and then like visually see what someone's saying because that's just always how I've been. So for me, mm. I find the best stories are from people who like are telling you about their story because like that shit descriptive. And sometimes you can like almost be there and say, damn, that's similar to my own experiences. I've learned a lot of different shit and I've started to learn a lot of shit is like, you know, um, bullshit, um, filler information. If it's not like something that's going to like help me become a better person to be more effective, I try to like, I got a bunch of books. I ain't going to throw none of this stuff away, but I realized that Everybody got an agenda. So it's not like you like, yeah. telling me something about my own life or something I can use to really make me a better person. And if it's not considered my circumstances as like a black man and colonialism, it's not like being real, then I'm not like I'm not even finna sit there and play with it because I'm not I'm like I, oh this is what this what is it, one of these fucking books, stupid ass books, how to like how to be an asshole or how to like shut the fuck up, bro. I already know how to do all that shit. That shit is not successful. To be a nigga, to be an asshole. You know how hard it is to be an asshole, to be a black man in America. The nigga, you're not getting shit done unless you really that nigga. Hey, though. say that, say that for sure. Uh, have you read Asada's autobiography yet, Asada Shakur? No, um, that's crazy. I didn't. I bought that shit from my ex-wife, and she didn't read that shit. And I don't know what happened to that book. That shit still pissing me off to this day. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. I'll I'll, leave, I'll go as far as saying I'll forgive you for not listening to the flute album if you pick up Asada's autobiography. I think that might be slightly more important than the flute album. I think you should check out both. But when you're mentioning the power of autobiographies, that's how I felt when I read Asada's for the first time. I was like, wow, this is I'm there with you. Like I'm seeing what you're seeing. But as well as I see the parallels between what she was writing about and what we're experiencing. Well, I read it in like 2016, but like what we're experiencing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's man. That's why it's like I like that's why so reading certain books. I was like, okay, so and just remembering the books I like because you could just like this the blood not my eye book by George Jackson. It's like I'm in jail with him. Like I'm sitting Absolutely. right there. Like that nigga. I'm like I don't even like I can hear his voice. I can see him smoking a cigarette. I can almost smell the cigarette. I can. It's like I'm there, and that's like I like like those are the books that are hard to read because you get caught up in that when to put them down, and it's like yeah. I got shit. Like that, not to like read this book as much as I don't want to finish it too fast. As much as I got shit to do, there's so many things that come with that. So it's like I like those. That's where I'm at. So learning the stories of people and what they experience in that moment of time. So I'm definitely check that one out because just saying that I just haven't. I haven't. I'm, and I, you know, I might have it in here somewhere. Just to be all the way honest, I just have to see where what I got in my collection. But for sure, I'm gonna check that out. And then last but certainly not least, GJ Shoots. Uh, obviously, like I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, a lot of folks have seen you a Black expression behind the camera. I uh, had the opportunity to talk to Monet about photography. When did you first pick up the camera? So, like I said, my dad's a musician. So I've always, like, he always had cameras. I don't know when he gave me a camera. I know that I've always had a camera in my hand as soon as I knew I could take a picture. And as soon as 
he could give me the camera to take a picture, I was taking the hoes. And uh, it, was, it was not something that I ever saw myself doing for, in the future. So most of the time I took pictures because he wanted to take pictures of shit. So that was already a turnoff. I didn't want to keep doing shit for a motherfucker. I didn't want to keep doing shit for his ass. So um, I didn't realize, you know, I had got a camera. But I wasn't like looking at photography as like something to do. And then eventually over time, you know what I'm saying? I got into the military and then there was a job, like when I like enlisted and it was like, oh, here's your job choices. And I was looking at the choices and it was like, oh, here's a this job. And I said, what's that? And he was like, oh, that's that's a cameraman. I was like, what's wrong with this? That's, those are pussies. And I was like, I looked at this motherfucker and I called my brother who's in the Air Force. He was like, I was like, what's this documentation specialist? He said, oh man, get that job. That's the one. I was like, he said, I said, what is it, man? This is a photography. Dude. You're going to get to take pictures, bro. You're going to be able to take pictures, blah, blah, blah. So he gassed the job up. I'm like, all right. I thought figure it was some bullshit. I get in the middle. I get in. I didn't think I was going to get in the military anyway. And that's a story for a whole other day. But I didn't even think I was going to get in. I just turned, I was going to turn, I turned, tw- I turned 30 in boot camp. And, um, Obviously, I get to boot camp. Boot camp has nothing to do with my job. So I'm like, yo, these niggas have tricked me. Uh, then we finished boot camp. And then I get to tech school. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, well, what's going down? A week of more bullshit. And then they put us in school. They put the camera in our hand. And then they went through the whole process of, like, photography. You know what I'm saying? And I, like, that shit was dope to me because I just, like, fell in love with, like, photography and the process and telling the story. Because the whole idea of photography in the military is to docu- document history and i'm already a fucking conscious nigga that's already read a bunch of nigga of black shit and all about history and like documentation and like how do you capture history and tell stories here i am getting a job in the military about like documenting history with the uh-huh. camera understanding what propaganda is on the other side of the spectrum as compared to what we know and now understanding oh propaganda is just not just it's, we look at it a negative thing but it's it can be used for us just as much as it can be used for the opposition you know what i'm saying so um Learning the art of photography and, you know, getting into school and, like, just kind of falling in love with that process. And, like, then I, I took videos. I was, we did videos as well. And that's something that I, like, I learned how to screenwrite and, like, write scripts and shit. Like, so I'm looking forward to one day to use that skill because when I was in school, I was, like, it was hard. And I was having a hard time. You know, it was other black people there, but I'm, in like, a nigga, so... Not like the oh I'm a nigga nigga, but I was a nigga, not like the other niggas. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like it was difficult as much as I wasn't sure of the format. And once like somebody says something and like it's like I twisted my ability to write music into this storytelling aspect, which was in script. And I'm like, that shit was easy. I started writing shit so fast. It was like, yo, what did you do? Where did you like where did you? I said I just wrote that shit because it's like it's like I saw it was a difference because it was like, oh, this is the process of screenwriting. This is the process of storyboarding and storytelling. So I was like, oh, all you need is these components. You got an idea and you can put it like this. You don't even really got to have a script. If you can storyboard that shit and put that shit in the shot list, you can literally get those shots and you can make a story from that. If you got, mm-hmm. if you got and I was like, oh man, this shit was, that shit was, that shit, that shit was, and I was like, after that, I was like, I love this shit. And then I got in the real army and we didn't do none of that shit we did in school, but it taught me the um, process of like photos the system of photos, like taking pictures. Like, so I can take a thousand photos. I need a better computer eventually. But to take a thousand photos and be able to go through the ones that I, I like, I know what I'm looking for. So it's not hard for me to find the ones that are right. I can edit photos in, a, in, a, in, a, in an extended period of time or a shorter period of time. It's a matter of like, I have a system and I understand what I'm looking for because they taught me to take pictures in like what they were looking for. So I'm like, mm-hmm. when I'm in different environments, I, I can then kind of 
take what they taught me and then I can do what I do with it as well. So like everybody's different when it comes to photography and I can be all the way honest. When I got out of the military, I was saying, I said, fuck pitch. I wasn't taking no fucking pictures. And then I met Monet. Um, I think mm-hmm. I took some pictures before I met her, but I met her at a event here in um, fucking company. I don't work with no more, but I met her at this uh, event and she was taking pictures with this camera. And I was like, is that your camera? It was this power shot. It was this little cheap ass camera. I'm pretty sure she did say something. She got this camera for like a hundred dollars. And I, I, if she's watching this shit, if she whenever she sees, she gonna see me talking shit. But yeah, I was like, "Is this your camera?" She was like, "Yeah, this is my camera." She was like, "Why?" I was like, "Oh, I was just asking." But I was talking shit because I was like, "What is this cheap ass camera?" And she's a photographer. Who the fuck is this person? Who this camera? I was low key talking shit, not like, <laughs> like yeah. Cool. And um, from there, we got together. And then I pick. I had a camera that I had bought when I was in the military that I was like, oh, I guess I'll pick it up and take pictures. And I just started taking pictures. But to see her passion for it, and for someone who didn't like, you know, I watched the podcast earlier. I didn't know she was in high school for pictures. I didn't know she took photos in high school. I didn't know that. So that made me feel stupid because I was like, damn, we didn't ever talk about that. I thought that was something that she just did in college. But um, her passion for photos and how people reacted and interacted with her. And then her like, you know, her love and passion is not the same as like structure and like knowing details. You can be really good at something and still not know how shit works. So that's not to say she didn't know what she was doing because she knew exactly what the fuck she was doing. It was just, I was helping, I, I had went to school for like, okay, this is why this is like this and this is how you get this better and this is how we can get better and you should probably use this. So it was like, I was only just around and hands but seeing her like her love for photography made me want to pick up the camera and then it made me like be more and realize that I really could take pictures like I realized there's a lot of people who can grab cameras and people say oh do 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 but for me the military taught me how to like be in an environment where it's like it's always gonna be uncomfortable where you like mm-hmm. people be trying to get out of my way and I'm like go by because nigga I'm gonna have to worry about that shit no way you're not gonna not be in my way you need to just keep on walking because my job is to get the shot like that's the best. That's like the biggest thing they taught me in the military is get the shot. You're supposed to get the shot. But what fuck with everything else got going on? Nigga, you're supposed to get the shot. Nigga, bullets coming, bombs dropping. Get the fucking shot, nigga. We here to get the shot. That's the point. So for me, it's all about getting the shot. And for me, it don't take much to get the shot. Once I figure out the settings and I see what I'm looking for, I get the proper framing. I get the look that I'm looking. Boom, that's done. I can go do some other shit. I can get some shot over here. So the system that I learned in the military just showed me how to be more effective and efficient with taking pictures overall. But, you know, just, it was because I didn't like it when I got the military because overall it was like, yo, it's a system. It's bullshit. And I was doing this shit. Mm. It, was bullshit. it was bullshit. And then we writing all these captions that was, this nigga is pouring water, but we got to make a nigga pouring water sound cool. And I'm like, yo, how many pictures do I take a nigga pouring, pouring water or filling up gas or picking up trash or putting up a tent. Nigga, we in the desert. These niggas ain't doing nothing, but they still sending this out here in 100 degree weather. So, you know, after a while, that shit would get annoying to you. So you'd be like, fuck this job. Fuck these pictures. Nigga, fuck this camera. Nigga, I'm not taking no pictures no more. And then to see her, like, love it. I don't like it the same way, but I recognize that she does something and it's like, I'm glad to be able to help her grow. But I'm also like, I like to to be able to do what I'm doing as well because we work well when we work when we're working together and we support each other very well. She's like overall like man, I mean real, I wouldn't be taking no pictures right now if I probably went for her. It's a lot of shit that mm. you know people talk about when you find a wife, you find a good thing, you find a partner, find a good thing, and like shit, we not on the best of terms right now. Shit's ain't going. Shit, sometimes shit just happens. 
Um, but I, I just keep it real. Like, shit, a lot of shit, we're talking about, like, the goddamn workout book, his goddamn logo on his shirt, me taking photos. Man, a lot of shit is, like, because she inspired me and was there to help me do this shit. Because I ain't, nigga, I don't know how to fucking, you know, graphic design. I need to, I would like to know how to do that shit. I would like to, like, know how to, um, like, make flyers and do all these other things. I could learn. She's skilled, and then I can, like, give her the, my ideas, and she can help, like, bring those things into fruition. So I can't even, like, I'm on, like, I'm thankful for the things that she's helped me do because it's like, shit, man, a lot of shit I wasn't even thinking about doing. Yeah, I want to work out. But I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to take pictures, and just for being around her, allowed me to pick up the camera, and then it allowed me to see that, oh, I really can do this, and this is something that not necessarily just can make a living off of, but people talk about, like, capturing moments and capturing memories. But for me, it's like I want to document and tell stories. Like the bigger thing for me is to be able to like how you doing, what you doing here. But being able to like have conversations with people to tell people like why we're doing, why did you do this, what inspired you to do this. Because um, we did that when I was in school in the military when we did these like spotlights interviews on like jobs in like Indianapolis, Maryland. I thought that shit was so cool because I got to pick the pe per person mm. that I to talk to. And then I got to set the camera up and just being able to see how you can line that shit up and get that depth of feel. You see how we got this like this blur shit behind us, but like on a camera and that shit is fucking like butter, man. That's like, man, that shit be like some things people be falling in love with niggas like threes and 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 and, and spirals and car engines. But boy, photos and seeing that shit butter and seeing them smiles and the, that shit right there. I, I was like, oh, I didn't even know but that shit right there. Be like, man, I'd be like. <laughs> That's the one. So, um, and I didn't even knew that. I was like, I I don't I don't got in that. I know it's photos. When I take a picture and it's good and that shit. I'm like, yeah. These niggas don't even know what I just hit them in right here. They, they don't even know. <laughs> Man, I feel that. I I always joke with guests. There's always one point in the podcast where people like geek out about something that they really are passionate about, and that was your geek out moment. I like people just get into their bag. And I think that a lot of what you said, I've seen some of it in action in a different capacity, of course, but there's been times at Black Expression where you have the camera and I'm trying to capture something on Instagram and you go, oh, no, bro, you good. Like, I got the shot. But it's just the confidence in which you're like, no, I got it. Like, don't even worry about it. Just keep moving. I'm like, dang, like, you sure I ain't in your way? Like, nah, bro, you got it. You don't even got to move. I think once I'm moving and you told me to move back, I'm like, bro, like, I'm getting out of your way. You're like, nah, I got it. Like, all right, dog. <laughs> because <laughs> you got to be uncomfortable that's like that's the job like the i was out there in the desert with a fucking camelback and a camera running in the fucking field with full kits on trying to catch niggas shooting i'm trying i mean i'm still trying to find these pictures so i can post these hoes because i was really out there in 100 degrees weather with kits on like chasing these motherfuckers down shooting fucking laser playing laser tag in the desert and shit you know what i'm saying but outside of that i was like man it was an experience but the bigger thing is like we was out there hiking i was out there so running so it's like just one little marathon that happened out here i was running with the camera in my hand i'm pretty sure other people didn't done that shit before that ain't it but that was not something i wasn't familiar with we did that shit in the army like i literally had the camera strapped in my hand so that's why like i bought this strap i got it from monet for her birthday like last year but i got it when i was in the military because it's like it stays on my wrist so it's like if something happens i'm not i have no intentions of dropping the camera ever but if I do, that motherfucker is not gonna go too far. That's that's like that's the security instead of having it around my neck, which is an inconvenience for me. So it's like, 
man. Yeah. So for me, it's like, the, but the key is to get the shot. So it's like, yeah, I got to be able to work with what I have because you're not going to always be able to get people to move out the way. Right. And what I learned in the military is like, you know, I can have the rank and I can tell a motherfucker who the fuck I am and they still give me a hard time. So I still got to be able to do my job. And then sometimes you ain't going to be able to get motherfucker out the way. Sometimes you ain't going to be able to like, oh, I'm this person. Sometimes people ain't going to care. So are you going to be able to like figure out how to get the shot? Or are you going to be able to like, navigate through the process because you can be like move out the way i'm a photographer and sometimes that can work with it and sometimes you might have to knock a motherfucker out or get your ass knocked out and i got a camera i can't afford to get knocked out with a camera bro I'm, this shit is too expensive so overall i'm like getting shots i'm like that's what i was trained to do is to get the like i already understand what i'm doing like so there's like it's no you can't like it's being able to freely move and operate and like you know, understanding the differences of what lenses are best for certain situations, but overall just recognizing like, hey, what are you looking for? What are you trying to achieve? What's your 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 ultimate goal? Okay. Oh, you like what I do? Too easy. That shit's too easy now. That don't mean I'm gonna give you what you wanted because you said you like what I do. That's not you better tell me what you want. So then I can give you what you want and then I can right. get I do as well. So yeah. Right. Right. Uh GJ, you've been so gracious with your time. I uh, want to make sure that we hit a few of these last questions and go ahead and make sure I give you some time back for your evening. So rapid fire round to post out of the podcast. He's trying to get to his Lakers game. That's all that is. I still got 45 minutes to Lakers game. Trust me, I was going to say something if we got too close to the Lakers starting. <laughs> like, I, I'll own fully that. We still got 45 minutes to the Lakers. Come on. You 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 got my undivided attention. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. Uh, but just because, like, I know... Uh, one, like your dad, it's a Monday evening. So I just like to make sure that I'm respectful of folks' times as best as possible. Uh, that's why you see when I be hosting Black Expression, we get out there at 1030 on the dot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but uh, first things first, who are some people who inspire you or who are some people who influence you? Um, <clears throat> we were talking about autobiographies earlier and I saw like this post on people. It's something that said, poor people inspire you. And I had put like my kids um, obviously, my children inspire me. Their mothers um, inspire me. Um, people who, like, like I mean, recently, um, or not even more so recently, just people that I've always looked up to, like, obviously, artist-wise, is like, you know, Lupe Fiasco, um, Ludacris, but just, like, body of work. But then it's, like, mm. Mike Tyson, David Goggins, um, because their parallels of their experiences are similar to mine, because I just kind of have like the similar experiences that they had. So, um, so for me, it's like trying to read more people's stories and understand how they was raised. So, like, if I was to say the people who inspire like my children, those are like the the, the main source of inspiration. Obviously, their mothers, because you know, shit. Without without their mothers, the children wouldn't be here. So I'm like, I appreciate them. I'm inspired by trying to be the best that I can, not just for my children, but for their mothers, because you know, that's the key. Um, David Goggins, um, fucking Mike Tyson, um, who else, man? This, man, who? And I'm like, that's, that's, there's a lot of people, but I can't think of people off the top of my head more so. Like, I'm inspired by everyday people that I meet every day that show up for themselves, that show up in these spaces. I'm inspired by what you do, by the people that we see step up to the mic, um, in the midst of the circumstances that people were just trying to trying to do something, you know, because there's people who just yeah. go, you know what I'm saying? Niggas is just fucking drink the fuck out of this liquor and call it a day, you know what I'm saying? So, um, 
anybody getting up and striving to try to like help dismantle this system in the best way they possibly can, you know what I'm saying? You know, or, you know, at least not, at least in some sense of trying to bring it down, you know, it doesn't have to be like a physical sense of like where you, whatever you can, you know what I'm saying? So that's what really inspires me. People every day getting up, my children, then, you know, people who have like them stories that are similar to mine. Like, hey, absolutely. And we were talking about this before we started recording, but that was kind of the inspiration for the podcast just because I was finding so much inspiration and people I was just kicking it with or seeing on a Friday night at Black Expression. And I'm like, you inspire me by being who you are. I want to make sure that other people have an opportunity to hear that story so that they can take inspiration from uh, different parts of our journeys. And I hope that, and I know that listeners will take something away from your story as well. So yeah, definitely rocking with the people who inspire you and influence you. Uh, next up, the fourth place, uh, this question is, where is your Zen place? Or what are the circumstances that when put all together, you feel the, the most peace of mind? Like, where's your Zen place? Obviously not listening to Andre 3000 play the flute, but. <laughs> I mean, um, man, it's like, a, like, when you say that, I think I saw that question. It's like three or four places. And if it was like, it's like a beach, the open road, the gym, um, obviously like high on a mountain and 2K, like in front of like playing two, like those are like, if all my shit's taken care of and I can just do that without like having to work with, man, that's like, man, that's like, whew, I can just, I could, obviously you can't do shit all day, but if you could just be like, oh, what would you do if you could just, man, I'd be sitting on the beach with a blunt, you know, I'd sit at the top of the mountain. I think I'll just be on the open road. If you give me 2K with chart, like, bro, I'll be in that bitch smoking weed and playing too. Not that I, like, I'm not, I don't want to do that shit all day. But if I had all my responsibilities taken care of, bro, I'd get up and go to the gym, work out, do my fatherly duties, and be here playing 2K. Like, fuck was you, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that. yeah GJ's practicing to play me in 2K. <laughs> <laughs> leave you in the comments know. who y'all think can win a game with 2k myself or gj i know my answer that might be the spot no, no i'm not gonna make it that spotify poll but <laughs> we, we gonna get that game with 2k on the calendar one of these days because i, I just need to see where the skill level at i'm not saying i'm gonna beat you but i'm just curious you already said he's gonna beat me one time now he's trying to backpedal I'm not backpedaling. I was just trying to be more respectful on the mic. Uh, oh, that's what we're calling it. All right. All right. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I'll handle my lightweight on 2K in, in a, a little bit. <laughs> uh, let me stop messing with you. Um, what else is on here? Uh, outside of what we have discussed, what else do people need to know about you to get a complete picture of who you are? Whether it's things you do for fun, things you're passionate about, just anything you feel like we haven't discussed that you want to make sure you talk about that is important to who you are as a person. I mean, I appreciate the time. I feel like we talked a lot. I feel like I got a lot of stuff out. I feel like it's going to be a lot of stuff people whether they stick around and listen to, we're going to be a lot of stuff that can be used from this. But overall, I feel, you know, I think if anything, what people can get out of this is like, I'm, 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 you know, don't let the exterior fool you. Don't let my, what you perceive me to be, to be like, I'm just, I'm, I'm human. I say I'm God because I'm trying to be the best version of myself. Um, I'm still learning. I'm trying to do the best that I can. I'm, you know, you know, 
something my father used to say, you know, saying he's, he would, uh, you know, I may be, sometimes I may seem like an asshole or insensitive, but, you know, my dad would always say to charge it to my mind and not to my heart. So, um, you know, talk to me, Some, you know, and I can respect that sometimes people aren't in the space to receive certain things just as much as I may not be, but I'm hoping that people can like, we can communicate, you know what I'm saying? But you know, everything ain't for everybody. But overall, we all still learning, we all trying to figure shit out. So um, hopefully people got some type of, you know, peaking understanding to me. Um, I got some projects that I'm working on. Um, you know, I've been inspired by obviously you and all the other people with Black Expression who write books. So, you know, I've been crafting a poetry book. I recognize I got like, I got like nine poems in this thing. I ain't read all them shits, but I didn't, I got like nine. So I don't know how many I'm going to do. Uh, I want to like try to start a podcast. I'm looking at releasing another um, album or at least an EP with like obviously other songs that I've done. Um, you know, training, if people are, if, inter if you're interested in training, at least figuring out your why. Um, if you know your blood type, I got these things that I've designed called a like blood type list to help you like figure out what you, foods you should avoid and what foods mm -hmm. you should eat to help like your overall like just help with your health because you know the best way I can describe it is like soil. If you put the wrong, if you got the wrong soil or you're not getting the right feeding the soil right, then you're gonna like get bad bad fruit, bad vegetables. So you want to make sure you're giving your blood. The foods mm. you should eat, you might not supposed to eat pork. You might not supposed to eat beef. You might not supposed to eat turkey. You might not supposed to eat kale or mm. fucking coffee or it's all kinds of shit. I can't eat shit, bro. I'm looking at this goddamn list. I can't eat half these fucking beans. I can't, I can't like, yeah. I don't know. I made this months ago. So outside of that merch, if people are interested, I'm not a very good salesman finding that out how to like, get people interested in, you know, support and purchase. But overall, you know, hopefully the biggest thing is like, I'm still learning and hopefully like you learn something and you're willing like to have a conversation with me, work with me, collaborate mm -hmm. with me and, um, you know, have a conversation, you know what I'm saying? Learn some more because, you know, I mean, I know I can't like talk about everything in here, but, you know, people get a little insight of who I am as a person. Yep. Because I think like our circumstances shape us and like if we don't have conversations, if people don't ask you certain questions, how would you ever know Oh well, damn! This nigga was holding roaches. Like, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck? How about you live where you was holding roaches? That yeah, that's what. That's why I love podcasting because you get those little tidbits from people that you're not necessarily just going to get if you have a regular conversation with them. But we sit down and talk for a couple hours, and those type of stories come out. Um, within your answer to that, you went through like three of the remaining questions that I have for you. So I'm trying to figure out what you ain't answers yet. But uh, one of the things I want to make sure that I left time for, uh, if I listen to this podcast, I got to know a lot more about you. Where can I find you online? How can I support you? Where can I get a shirt? What's the deal? How can people tap in with GJ to God? Hey, uh, if you just go to Instagram, um, at GJ to God, will be GJ dot GJ dot the God. Um, message me directly. Um, a lot of stuff I'm like trying to like reconsolidate, set up in a proper space. So it's like, you know, you know, so I would just personally message me. You can find me, GJ the Guy, on Instagram or Facebook. Um, outside of that, you know, 
anything that's on my my Instagram page, you'll be able to find like anything directly below in my bio section, whether it be my photo page, which is GJ underscore shoots, and then obviously Blackitarian, Elohim Supreme, and any other little projects I have working out. If you're interested, but overall, if you go to GJ the God, you'll be able to find everything, especially in my bio, especially on my Instagram. So it's all right there. Um, I'm looking to collaborate, work with people, you know what I'm saying? Capture some type of memories um, or, you know what I'm saying? Learn, collaborate, talk, train, you know what I'm saying? Support each other, figure out something, you know what I'm saying? Because the bigger thing is like trying to build a tribe and trying to set the example and overall like create something better future for the children. So it's like, mm-hmm. like the starter's question you started with, with me was like what fatherhood taught me. It's like, yo, it's bigger than me. And it's my responsibility to make sure that happens because ain't nobody else going to do it. And I can't wait for nobody else to do that shit if I don't do it. Absolutely. And then I think the last question that we haven't touched on uh, are just takeaways from the episode. I think you mentioned a few that you want our listeners to take away from the episode. Uh, so you can add any to that if you want. But what are most more importantly, what are you taking away from this episode? Um. Um, and it's the first time I did something like this. Um, so, you know, it's different than what we see on the internet. You know what I'm saying? And the internet will have you believe in shit to be other than what it is. And sometimes it's just, you know, I'm just in my room and you have a conversation. And it's like, sometimes that's, that's not like people have these, all these productions. So they make it like, and it ain't that serious. You know what I'm saying? People be like, that should be looking good, but they be pretending. I'm not, I ain't nobody in this room with me. Anybody over there. (laughs) This is like real. So it's like for me, it was, it's a first. I'm looking to do more stuff like this, but also like it to be authentic and be be real and be able to like, you know, hopefully find people who are my kind. Not like I ain't looking for my people no more. I'm looking for my kind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Austin White said, you know, there's all kinds of birds in the sky, but red birds and blue birds don't hang together. I was like, damn, that shit is real as fuck. Boy, you right. You right. Nigga, you not lying. That's. Hey, that's words of wisdom. That's words of wisdom for sure. <laughs> Man, well, I would say what I'm taking away from this episode um, is just to just to be very intentional about learning and going 110% in whatever you're learning about, whether it's how to get the right shot with a camera, whether it's being more intentional with your workouts, uh, just life is a life is a learning process and I just am really appreciative of you for your transparency your authenticity uh which is not a surprise like when I when you expressed that you would be interested in being on the podcast I knew that you were going to be 100% transparent and honest with who you are and your story and I will say as someone who has gotten to know you more this year and heard some of your poetry heard your music I'm just really thankful to be a part of your community and be able to see you grow and blossom into who you are. And I look forward to hearing more of your poetry, reading a book when it come out, checking a podcast when it come out, uh, just because I love being able to be in community and space with other Black men and helping us learn and grow together as a community. I think that's so important. And I'm just really excited for people to be able to tap in with your story. So yeah, just thank you again for your time and making it a fun podcast to record. I've enjoyed sitting here talking to you for the last couple hours. And I'm looking forward to the edit, too.
Yeah, that's just I'm looking forward to it too. I just said a bunch of shit. I'm like, all right, let's see what this pants up speed. God damn it, boy. I think I did good. I don't think I think I didn't go too crazy. I said some wild shit. I know, but I said too. I think <laughs> like it is what I like I said, I don't really care, but I think overall, like you said, you rounded down real well. It's like overall being in the space to be able to like, you know, communicate how you feel, whether it's accepted or not, it's not so much, you know. I don't believe in certain things and it's okay. Like we're not always going to agree, but it's important that we like, how do we learn if we don't talk about shit? How do we communicate these things? If we don't like, if we don't sit down and listen to what other people have to say, it's like, I don't agree with that, but I heard what you said and this is how I see it. And that's like the last what three, four days. That's probably the biggest thing I've gotten out of a lot of situations is sometimes people really just sit down and have these conversations with each other, especially like, cause we got the privilege to do that. We don't live in Gaza. We live in America, so we got the privilege to do things that others don't. So it's important to take advantage of what we have and stop, like, like you said, intentional. Cause man, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't got time for that bullshit. Hey, I hear you on that, bro. Well, once again, thanking you for your time, listeners. Thank y'all for sticking through with the full podcast. For those of y'all who are stuck through with the end, definitely thank y'all for tapping in. Hey, it's it's prime entertainment. We get in two hours of great content. They gonna get, they gonna stick in with us. I know, like pops listen to this. I got family that listen to this, and they stick through the whole couple hours of the episode. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited to be able to share my community with others and grow our communities, grow our reach. Uh, For those of y'all who might be tapping into the podcast for the first time just to see GJ, uh, make sure y'all tap in with some other stories as well. Uh, As we mentioned, Monet's episode was last week, but also tap in with some of the earlier episodes. Uh, Follow the podcast on social media at Banquet Hall Pod. Uh, Y'all can go to thefourthkyler.com to check out some of the prior episodes and tap in with us we gonna we're gonna lift as we climb together we're gonna keep on reading uh gj gonna learn how to play the flute and we're gonna have a good end of the year <laughs> uh but thank y'all for tuning into the banquet hall podcast and we'll catch y'all next time